0: I want to quiz you. The top trivia on IMDb for this movie is All right. this film is the fourth time Zac Efron and Dave Franco have collaborated together. Can you name the prior three movies?
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning podcast. This is review number four eighty two with a review of the Disaster Artist. I am Christopher Schneezy. What is line? I am Stephen Miller.
0: Okay, again. Action.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning podcast. This is review number forty two.
0: <laughs> I can't. I can't hold this. Line. I'm Stephen Miller. Take sixty seven. Action.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 482 with a review of The Disaster Artist. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, The Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases. Can we do a theater near you? Yes! This week, we are talking about the film The Disaster Artist, as mentioned at the top of the show. And uh, of course, the only question that needs to be asked to start this episode off is, Stephen Miller, have you seen the room? And what is your connection to the room? Are you one of those people who goes to room screenings all the time? And uh, you were seeing this because of that? Uh, did you just see it a few times over the course of your life? Did you just see it before this film started? Uh, so
0: I thought this movie was going to be about Jacob Tremblay, and I was pretty, <laughs> I was pretty surprised by what I saw. Like they really took artistic liberties with that story. <laughs> Um, but no, I've, I've seen The Room. I saw it um, in, I think it was 2008, when for a 24-hour period, uh, Cartoon Network or Adult Swim, whatever it was considered at the time that I watched it, um, decided for April Fool's Day they were going to show nothing but The Room constantly with like no information at all there were i don't think there were even commercials it was just like nonstop airing of the room and then the moment it would end it would start again no, and so no, i think i watched it like one and a half or two times just trying to figure out what it was that i was looking at
1: <laughs> no commercials. that seems like a very expensive april fool's joke
0: yeah i i don't know maybe there were commercials but i know i was tuning in to watch tim and eric which i had just discovered and like because tim and eric already has this kind of very bizarre offbeat humor it took a while for me to be sure i wasn't watching tim and eric nice and i'll ask you even though i already know have you seen the room christopher schnazy uh
1: as of before i walked into the movie to see the disaster artist i had watched the room uh a couple of us got together and watched the room literally moments before walking to the theater to see the disaster artist um which may or may not be the best way to consume this uh pairing of films together Uh, i i almost wish that they did a double feature um so so yeah i mean it's it's something that i knew was a thing that people like to go to screenings of i knew there was something with like spoons being thrown at the screen and people saying lines from the film and it was just a thing that like i never went to see it because i didn't care i just heard there was this bad film that people love to go watch and uh really until the trailer for the disaster car uh, the, the, disaster <laughs> the disaster artist disaster carson <laughs> until the trailer for the disaster artist came out i i literally knew nothing about it um and yeah when the when the trailer came out i was like this looks amazing and i was like i can't possibly enjoy the original film as much as like i'm enjoying these trailers for this uh, right. but it seemed like an it felt like a thing where the disaster artist would be better having seen the original film and like is do you feel the same way
0: i i do yes though i think i think one can enjoy it without enjoying the original film like, yeah, yeah. like i had known i'd known about the cult status of the room for a long time and it was it was a common thing for people to be like dude you love movies have you seen the room you gotta see the room yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. like i i get why it was celebrated like the, this movie is by and large about why it got bizarrely celebrated but i still think there there's a level of irony to the enjoyment of it that like if you're not participating in a particular thing that is like making ironic fun of the fact that it exists i don't know if i believe like you actually love the room yeah 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 (laughs) And and so i never had the like participation aspect of it so to me it was just like a really weird movie that had like a funny unique style but i definitely had no like love of that movie other than just finding it funny that it like showed up on cartoon network one day
1: yeah yeah i mean i so here's a real question is do you think if somebody sees the disaster artist and is curious about the room should they still go see the room (laughs)
0: Probably actually I think I think the disaster artist is almost like a gateway drug to it, like the disaster artist has some scenes from the movie recreated, but then it has a whole lot of kind of connective tissue to let you find the funny in it, yeah, where okay. the funny might not have jumped out immediately, so I feel like watching the room after the whole time, you'll just be thinking like James Franco is like doing a good impression of this guy,
1: <laughs> yeah exactly i mean i I having just seen the room right before seeing the disaster artist, there was a lot that I appreciated from that experience of like thoughts that I had while watching it and seeing the filmmakers uh, trope those things that I was thinking weird thoughts about uh, in that film. Like I I gained like an extra level of excitement, but I definitely did not enjoy the room (laughs) the way that like I knowing now what it is, I would definitely not go to a screening of it anywhere because I did not enjoy it on that level. It was just it was just something that to me it's just bad. Yeah. And and the the total enjoyment that you get is being in a room with other people awkwardly responding in real time without noticing what they're doing to how weird this movie is. And I think that if I had watched it, I probably would have watched it just like renting it in my apartment by myself and I would have been like nope no i'm done with this it was really just that uncomfortable like oh this sex scene is still going on <laughs> that it's like those type of moments that like it starts to become funny
0: and, and as we discussed because i only watched it on cartoon network i probably didn't see the full five minute sex scene <laughs> yeah. so i might not know what i'm missing i might i wonder if i could just youtube that part
1: maybe with private browsing of course <laughs> yeah, 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 obviously But anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Private browsing aside, what do you say we take a listen to the trailer for the disaster artist and then come back and give everybody a review? Let's do it. Los Angeles, everybody wants to be star. You have to be the best. And never give up. When I get up on stage in front of people, all I can think about is what if they laugh at me? But you, man, you're fearless. (laughs) I want to feel that too. I don't care. I'll do it. You and me, we both have this dream. Yeah, I guess we do. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll be famous. We'll show them. Watch out, here we go. To be or not to be. It's not going to happen for you. Not in a million years. But after that? It's town, Greg. They don't want me. Wish we could just make our own movie. A great idea. So there's this guy, Johnny, a true American hero to be played by me. He has it all. Good luck, many friends, and also maybe Johnny is vampire. We'll see. This set of the alleyway looks exactly like the real alleyway. That's right. Well, why don't we just shoot in the real alleyway? Because it's real Hollywood movie. No, yeah, sounds good. OK, okay. action. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. What the f- it doesn't work if you're looking at the camera. And then this beautiful girl. Anything for my princess. She betrayed him. And then this guy, Johnny. He go crazy. Ah. Nobody respect my vision. You are a villain. I do this whole movie for you, Greg. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. Oh. Uh. God. Why you cut, Sandy? This is great. This is real acting. If you're going to ride around with the dress, maybe do it before you shoot yourself in the head and blow your brains out. I disagree. You're really going to make this thing? We are going together. Together. Tommy, this is not necessary.
0: No, very necessary. I need to show my ass to sell this movie. I think you're aiming a little bit. Higher. I aim what I aim. Just do the scene. Why is he having sex with her
1: belly button? He knows where her vagina is, right? All right, that was the trailer for The Disaster Artist. Basically, it's a story of this guy, Tommy Wiseau, who uh, is from God knows where, has a bunch of money, and uh, is trying to become uh, a, a big actor, and people don't seem to be digging the type of work that he can put out. And uh, he teams up with another guy that he meets through some acting program somewhere and decides that they're going to work together on creating this masterpiece that Tommy Wiseau is going to write, direct, star in and, uh, and do all this stuff. And basically, this is sort of a... It's it's almost not satirical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I would say it's a satirical telling of how this movie got made The Room. But I feel like this is probably just very, very accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's based off a book that was written about the creation of the film. And uh, everybody that you've seen in any comedy ever for the last several, 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 several years is in this movie. And uh, yeah, Stephen Miller, what did you think of The Disaster Artist?
0: Yeah, so I was a bit afraid building up to the movie just because... the there's this aspect of the disaster artist like you said it it seems like it might be hardly even a satire of a thing like it there's a sense i got that this might be one of those things where a person is ruining a joke by telling me why it's funny right like like somebody beating a thing to death where we know how this crazy thing you guys have loved for so long let's watch james franco do an impression of it scene for scene for two hours like i I was afraid uh it was gonna be cringy and it it wasn't it was really funny and it was really good and i think it's because james franco like commits 100 percent to being tommy wiseau yeah and i don't think i don't think he does it in a way that is like necessarily ridiculing him or belittling him of course the movie serves to do that because he's a ridiculous figure like yeah he's done that to himself already but i think he really is finding some heart in it of this guy who like what do you do if you have a dream and you just happen to be horrible at it? <laughs> like like that. To me, that's a really interesting journey to go on, right? Yeah. And and I think the the bond that he shares with, uh, I guess Greg is the character's name. Yeah, uh, his his brother, real life, in real brother life. Um, it it's fun. Like it, it's cool. You kind of put yourself in in Greg's shoes and you think like how would you be supportive of this guy but then also like not know how to express that you don't fully agree with every artistic decision he's making (laughs) um and this movie was just it was very 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 funny it handled the awkwardness perfectly um it didn't like it it definitely had some fan service like you know you're tearing me apart lisa is going to show up and you know the crowd is going to roar with laughter when it happens but for the most part it wasn't it wasn't just like sprinkling in these quotes to get a big laugh from the audience. It was really like trying to get you in the headspace of how it would feel to be on set for this movie.
1: Yeah, Um, And and, and also like they kind of get away the fan service in the scene where he's, he's turning over the script that he's completed. And as Dave Franco is like going through and reading it, It sort of just quickly like says all the lines that you remember from the film or all the lines that I remember from having seen it like 30 minutes before. Um, But like, yeah, they kind of get that out to be like, we're going to go through the whole script, all the lines in this one scene. Now we're back to telling a real story in this real movie.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because it's one of those movies like I'm sure nobody else is comparing it to this. But like when we talked about three billboards, (laughs) you mentioned that it's funny because it's a movie where there's no one you really root for. And I think yeah. this is kind of that movie. Like, you're, in a sense, you're rooting for the character of Tommy, but kind of not, right? Like, he's like a dick for a lot of the movie. He's like fairly abusive as a filmmaker. And like, he's clearly, I'm sorry, like, to everyone who loves the room on whatever meta, meta, meta level you want. Like, <laughs> he's not good at like anything. traditionally anything. <laughs> like,. And, like, this movie definitely soaks in that, but, but it also still turns it around and makes you want him to succeed or feel bad when he feels bad about not succeeding. Yeah. And it, it does this interesting thing where it kind of, like, just forces you in a position of not knowing how you feel about what's going on. Like, I guess most of the time, Greg is more of the audience surrogate. Like, he's the yeah. character he, that you he's think— He was first, too, on,
1: mm-hmm. uh, on IMDb, so—
0: yeah, so that makes sense because he definitely is kind of the character that you latch onto. But even he, like, clearly also has these blind aspirations and is willing to, like, greenlight this script. Right? There's no moment where he says, "Like, let's make some adjustments to this. Let's change it." Like, yeah. he's on board for this movie. Um, and I don't know. I th- I think it was just a fun experience. It didn't push too far in either direction to make it feel like just making fun of some weird guy, right? Like he could have just been in weird face for two hours, right? Like just like, <laughs> like that could have been the whole movie. It's just like look how goofy yeah, yeah. he is. Uh, but instead it really like hit this narrow line where you don't have to like him, but you also don't just laugh at him. He he's like this interesting creation that that just makes for a really funny movie. So I I liked it a lot. I think it it doesn't quite stick the landing. I think the movie ends with a screening of the room and it's basically foreshadowing how the room would go on to get this cult following. And there's something like too tidy about the degree to which everyone on set that he has been harassing the whole time is just roaring with laughter and loving it at the end that I, something felt like a little too easy and I kind of would have wanted them to do like more to flesh that out and make me believe the reaction that people had. Um, but that's, like, a small complaint. For the most part, this was a fun movie and definitely a movie to see, like, in theaters with other people to get the kind of communal experience.
1: Like, like I I, I totally buy that. So, so the way it works is, like, everybody on the project sort—I mean, I don't know how, if this is how it was in history or not, but it seems like everybody walked away from the project and just thought there was not a movie. Yeah. And then suddenly everybody received invitations to, like, hey, this movie is going to premiere, <laughs> so come to the premiere. And everybody was sort of like— what the fuck could possibly have come out of all the things that we did between then and now? Like, how could there be a movie? And everybody's kind of showing up to see it. And like reactions from the stars themselves, it's clear that they didn't like, nobody saw this in advance, right? right? Everybody was seeing it for the first time. So I, I totally buy that, that the actors in the film that, all of those characters would be horrified the cast and crew who don't have their faces appearing on the yeah. screen could just be people showing up to the premiere right sure. like like they have plausible deniability <laughs> mm-hmm. they're probably only there with other people who are on the cat, like the crew so just cuz their name's going to flash by no one in the audience is going to know that was them right mm-hmm. so i totally buy 100% their like seth rogan like his his reaction to seeing this film 100 like yeah. he would be cracking out like oh my god this is like this is it <laughs> um like the 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 woman the the character of the woman who is the lead actress in the show mm-hmm. like her like oh my god this scene is still going on like the the, the horror and the, yeah. t- like the terrified reaction to it that is 100 authentic right I can see how, like, that horror would turn into comedy, but not to the level of what the audience is I don't think it would turn into comedy that quickly. Yeah, not that quickly. It would definitely be, like, uh, like tears, and then sort of, this is kind of funny. Maybe once everybody in the theater was laughing, like, she could come around to that. But, like, she would be horrified the whole time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, there, there are some of that that I don't buy, but there's definitely enough people who would be in that room that could have responded positively. Uh, especially to like if you were sitting behind her and she was crying, like mm-hmm. you would kind of be like <laughs> right? Like <laughs> you'd be trying not to laugh. Um, does that make me a horrible person? Or yeah, but that's cool. <laughs> but that's fine. Or right, a safe space. Um, but yeah all that being said, I I, I really, really love this movie. <laughs> like I, I I was excited going into it because the trailers are funny. At the point in time where I was getting excited for the film, I hadn't seen the room yet, mm-hmm. and I really didn't know what to expect from the story of the. In, in a weird way, the trailer spoils a bunch of things for the film, The Room.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> so it's kind of like it, it almost like I was like, oh, well, this is the scene where he's going to do this thing, like, <laughs> right, like so you kind of know beats because those are the funny beats from the trailer. Um, but like I. I didn't know anything about the room, and I was just kind of going into it. But I was actually I, I, like, we talked before the film started, like shortly, and I was, I was kind of like, I'm expecting it'll be a funny movie, but I'm expecting like a legit drama under the hood, where like we spend the whole film like starting to become sympathetic for Tommy Wiseau, and like this isn't just like, look at this dumb guy, isn't, isn't he funny? This is like, isn't this a tragic story about this guy who just wanted to do something amazing? And I think the film does pretty damn well Mm. at doing that. Um, The big question I had in the moments between seeing The Room and watching The Disaster Artist was like, how did anybody agree to be in this movie? Like, How could you not read the script and be like, no, I don't want to do this project.
0: I mean, I presume it was all people who have never successfully been in something before. I haven't well, looked that up to actually know if yeah, it's true yeah. Or well,
1: not. like the character of the the that plays the 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 lead actress's mother, mm-hmm. um, she talks as if she's been on a bunch of sets, but she always had like bit parts or like always right. playing the mother in in mm-hmm. some whatever TV show or something. But like I uh, my question was like, how do? Like, how would anybody read the script and be excited to do it? And, yes, I, I understand, like, if you just really want to get into this business, you got a callback. You're like, I, I didn't even really read the script. I just read my lines. They yeah. said yes. Awesome. Also, it, the way they play it in the film, it sounds like nobody got the script until the first day of shooting. Right. Um. But he, he, even in that, I'm like, how – like, I wanted to see how the characters made the transition from, yes, I'm in a movie – to, oh, this is not a real movie. This is something bad. Um, And I think they nail it. Yeah, Like the first day of shooting, there is a scene that like all the people see and they're like, Fuck yes! this is gonna be a great movie so much energy this is great this dramatic moment like everything is great i'm like i'm like i can totally see how if you were on set for this you'd be kind of pumped up you're like yes you got the good speech before we start recording mm-hmm. this seems exciting everybody's this is gonna be a great movie yeah and just slowly over time you see characters like realize that <laughs> tell me why so is not all there mm-hmm. <laughs> that the script is bad that the movie is going to be bad that like and like the crew is just like, whatever. We're getting a ton of money, apparently. Mm-hmm. The, the the checks are clearing. Like, everything is good. This is funny, but I can't believe... This isn't real. Like, I'm just... I'm fine with this. But, like, you watch those characters have all their hopes and dreams put in this one thing where they're like, this is it. I'm in a movie. Like, this is, this is my moment. And this they slowly start to realize that, like, things are not good for them in this mm-hmm. situation. And, like, you feel for... All of them, mm-hmm. especially the Greg character, because like he. He was like he had potential to be able to he had more potential than Tommy did, sure. but he was also too tip like I, I identify with that character, like I want mm-hmm. to do that stuff, but like you know, I don't think I can like, like I'm just not going to be good at this and seeing a person who literally doesn't care what people think of him like it's like yeah i can see how you get fired up and mm-hmm. i'm gonna be able to move to la and this is gonna be great and just, oh this is amazing and just watching his dreams sort of slowly <laughs> erode away it it's just a, it's a good movie like yeah. like it's 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 i don't know can you consider it's not really a biopic right because it's just like this little tiny period of time where yeah
0: it's, i i mean it, maybe you could count it as a biopic yeah. like a stanford prison experiment a biopic
1: I I guess this would be more closer to the standard prison experiment. But I mean, it's just one of those things like it has that like I I was not excited to see Walk Hard Mm -hmm. um, because I don't generally like those type of comedies. Um, And then I watched it and I was like, oh, this isn't just a good comedy. This is like a legit good like rise and fall story. And I think that this outside of just it being funny is a genuinely good story of how yeah. this film got made, and um, it like it has all like the reason I was confused about whether I should call it a satire is because it has all the makings of satirical representations of the characters, but it feels like this is the way things went down, right. and it's like it it threads that needle so well that it's just it's just, it's just a good movie. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, yeah. know. I think, it, and it's very difficult to take this source material and find that balance because. It is a story where the truth is almost too unbelievable, right? Yeah. It's, like, the, it, so uh, John Apatow has this joke in his stand-up where he says, like, he looks so Jewish that an accurate drawing of him would be anti-Semitic. Yeah, yeah. And And, like, this, the room kind of seems like that, where it's, like, it's such a ridiculous storyline that just a- accurately representing everyone feels, like, down-punching almost. Yeah, and this yeah. movie doesn't do that. Like, it... And I think it's clear. Part of it is that James Franco is coming at it with a lot of. I'm going to say respect, though. I I kind of want to put respect in quotes because I feel like what people respect is the like nerve that it took to get this yeah, movie yeah, made. Yeah. It isn't that they like agree with Tommy Wiseau about like what is good and what is not good, right? They yeah, just yeah. respect the guts that it took to get this done. Yeah, um,
1: it's not just straight. It's 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 brute force determination. Yeah. Like there is no reason why this film should exist, right? And this guy, I mean, he did sort of like he's sort of like Batman slash Tony Stark. It where he's just like he just I have the money, yeah. I so, can do so whatever I like want. Not
0: quite an underdog story, right? Yeah, it's more yeah, like I'm... this mysterious story of a, <laughs> and nobody knows, as far as I know, like we still have no idea why he has this money, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or where he came from.
1: Yeah, I was joking I was joking with you via text uh, that I like. I want Serial season three to be like, <laughs> what's up with this guy's backstory? <laughs>
0: um. But but yeah, it's. I don't know. It it really found that line to make it never feel. it, It never felt like just a comedy because I think a just comedy version of this movie would not work well. Yeah, yeah. I think you need that, you need that, like, that thread of an actual arc of a person accomplishing a thing that they want to accomplish where you. You don't take them seriously but you like recognize the serious aspect of them yeah. and like you take that along with all the ridiculousness. Like I think watching this movie feels like what being friends with Tommy Wiseau back then would probably have felt like, which is like good on you but why are you making it so hard <laughs> for yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it like it just keeps that cringiness, but at the same time it isn't it isn't cringe comedy. Like I don't think too many people will just feel wildly uncomfortable watching this. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's. I mean, it's really. It's the Eddie the Eagle of movies about making film.
0: <laughs> you know. You know. One movie that I was thinking about when watching this was uh, Frank from a couple years ago. Yeah. Which was all about this uh, Michael Fassbender's tortured artist who it clearly like has something going on. Like his behavior is his whole life, and yeah. it is not all the way there. And sometimes that can be channeled into art, into something that's just so different and new that you love it. Yeah. But then when like you look at it outside of the art context you're like jesus christ (laughs) this is this is a little bit concerning um and i think like frank also managed to toe that line where it like very lovingly portrayed that character and the art that he made and i think this movie does the same thing it manages to never feel like it's like just going for a cheap shot
1: yeah so the brings us to to the next the next question james franco award consideration for this role
0: I don't know. I mean it. It's kind of the thing where the Academy might dig it because they always like one or two of these really big performances. Yeah. Right. The quote transformation. The Eddie Redmayne Award, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know how to gauge his craft of acting. Like, I think I'm just not. I'm not good enough to know the difference between like acting well and acting wildly and audaciously <laughs> i think he definitely inhabit he impersonates him very 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 well yeah i don't i don't 100 percent know that i felt all of the pathos that he brought to the role so much as like i absorbed it from the other characters responding to him yeah so i i don't know for sure i wouldn't be upset if he got nominated like i think he he See, pulls he, off an amazing stunt here but i don't I don't know to what degree this is good acting. So are you
1: saying he didn't do like a Daniel Day-Lewis type thing where he just existed as this character for huge swaths of time? And I hope he did. <laughs> I hope he does it now. I, I hope he just goes and walks around pretending to be Tommy Wiseau.
0: Well, we can all at least be glad that Jared Leto didn't play this role.
1: True. True. This would be a much different film, I think, if that, if that happened.
0: Yeah i don't know what What do you think how do you how do you I, feel
1: about him i think yes like i it was one of those things where he's so good <laughs> and i know i know that like uh carson's probably screaming into his headphones right now as he listens to this not with us in the moment um and he's telling me that freaking uh why, why why wouldn't he have gotten an award for his role in uh what's the what's the movie where he played like the weird dude uh Come on, Spring Breakers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's probably like, no, damn it, Spring Breakers. Carson, you're probably yelling at me right now. Uh, But I I don't know. There's something about, like, it's just, it's maybe there's like a meta thing happening where his character, like, it's, I see in his portrayal of this character what the Greg character sees in his portrayal of everything that he does in the film, right? It just, it feels, it's. I can see why people would be like, "Well, this—it's just a ridiculous movie. Like, he shouldn't get awarded for it." But like, it's—it's it's a great performance, no, and there—there there are affectations that he takes on that go beyond just "I'm gonna like fake a weird accent and wear this wig." It's—it's right. it's like there—there's something. There's there's something like I've seen a lot of things that James Franco James Franco in them, and I haven't been impressed as much as I've been impressed in this. No,
0: movie. this is definitely. I would say an outlier, but not the only outlier. Like I would also agree, Alien and Spring Breakers is a great role for him. Yeah. Um. I, I the the one thing that I don't know is I feel like it's hard for me to know when to what degree is he creating something new versus just impersonating ticks that he studied yeah. very well, and I think that's the difference. And like sometimes people get awards considerations for impersonations, like. A lot of the time, actually. But usually they are people who, like, there's some, like, big amount of time that has passed since they've existed. So, like, a lot new has to be brought to the table. Yeah. And with impersonating this guy who is so outlandishly strange already that he just gives you so much, like, meat in the role. I That's the only thing I don't know. I don't know how much is, like, him conceiving of these quirks versus him just, like, watching him very, very, very intently for a long time.
1: (laughs) Well, I will say this. I would say that his portrayal of Tommy Wiseau is better than Steve Carell's portrayal of the dude in (laughs) Foxcatcher.
0: Yeah, I'll give you that. (laughs) So you're right. He should get nominated.
1: (laughs) Just just putting that out there. Just putting that. I just got an email that says Carson quits. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. Yep. (laughs) All right. So. Any, any last comments on the film?
0: How would you feel about watching a sequel to this where James Franco as Tommy Wiseau plays Aquaman? <laughs> I just imagine him with like the long hair and no shirt, <laughs> taking a shot of whiskey and storming it, into the ocean.
1: Like in, in a world where they canceled the Justice League film? <laughs> and then No, Wiseau he just replaces was... him in Justice League. Oh, okay.
0: Like nobody even mentions it.
1: That, uh, I mean
0: okay wait till you see it i i know a guy <laughs> we can get five million and shoot it
1: <laughs> cool
0: but yeah i don't know it's kind of the movie that there's not a whole like, like there, there are things going on in the movie but i don't feel like there's a lot to unpack right it's just a like an experience that you go through with the characters yeah yeah
1: okay. i agree so, should we get to verdicts? <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must see, recommend it with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it?
0: Must see, easily. It's like, particularly if I grade on the curve of how bad it could have been, this is like amazing that they pulled this off. Oh, yeah. And it's also just in its own right a very good movie. I think even if there were no real story behind it, I think this movie would stand alone just in the the craziness of the journey that it shows you and the way that it manages to like bring heart to a role that shouldn't by any standards be able to support heart yeah yeah and definitely see it in like a big crowded theater i feel like that experience is something that's worth having
1: yeah yeah, especially if you can get uh james franco and dave franco to appear <laughs> the movie starts. see the fat house isn't so bad carson yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah I, I give it a must see as well uh, i was excited going in i was excited walking out it, it, it just it was a really great uh adventure and even worst case scenario if you are somebody who won't be as excited about this film as us everyone you know is gonna be walking around the city quoting this movie <laughs> so you might as well know what the hell they're quoting yeah. so at least when they do it you can be less annoyed and participated it. Yeah,
0: not since Anchorman have, have there been so many quotes that you're going to feel like an <laughs> idiot for not knowing the right response to. Yeah.
1: So there it is. Um, that is our review of the Disaster Artist. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. Stephen Miller. If people want to find you throughout the week, where is it that they may do that?
0: Uh, they can go to twitter.com/sdavidmiller or s.davidmiller.com.
1: People can find me at Christopher in Real Life.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash warning or like us at Facebook.com slash the warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will uh, actually come from the soundtrack to The Room Ooh. because I couldn't find a soundtrack for the Zaster Artist, so I just took the main theme from The Room. So hopefully you are enjoying that. And uh, yeah, that is this episode. Thank you for joining me, Steven.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you guys all for listening. We will see you next time.
0: But as the outro plays, I just want, <laughs> I want to quiz you. The top trivia on IMDb for this movie is... All right. This film is the fourth time Zac Efron and Dave Franco have collaborated together. Can you name the prior three movies?
1: Uh, are two of them yeah. neighbors? <laughs> okay, so that was the, that was the cheat, easy answer. Um, Dave Franco, Zac Efron, same movie. I'm trying to think of Zac Efron movies that I even know about. Yep. Uh, does did Dave Franco sneak into Baywatch? No. Nope. Okay. No. Uh, Zach Efron movie, Grandpa's Boy. I'm just like naming movies that are. Grandpa's
0: Boy. What, what's the movie called? Not Grandpa's bad... Boy. <laughs> bad Grandpa. That's a really bad grandpa. Grandpa's Boy. It's the end of the podcast. <laughs>